Dear listeners, are you tired of the endless cycle of fad diets and extreme measures? It's time to wake up to a better weight loss solution with Robody. As someone who's been through the ups and downs of weight loss, I know firsthand the challenge of trying to find what will stick. That's why if I qualified for Robody today, I'd jump at the chance for a scientifically backed program that supports long-term success. With Robody, you'll gain access to the most popular weight loss shots on the market, paired with personalized lifestyle changes. Over 200,000 people have already chosen Row to help them lose weight. Say goodbye to the roller coaster of weight loss dreams and hello to sustainable, real results with Robody. Go to row.co slash snoozecast. Sign up today and you'll pay just $99 for your first month and $145 a month after that. Medication costs are separate. That's ro.co slash snoozecast. is brought to you by our Patreon supporters and by a fond farewell. Tonight, by listener request, we'll read the second and final part to the story, The Princess of Babylon. The first episode aired January 6, 2020. This story is taken from a lesser-known philosophical tale by Voltaire, written in 1768. The story focuses on Amazon, a handsome, unknown shepherd, and Formosanta, the princess of Babylon, whose love and jealousy drive them to travel the world. In the first episode, the king holds a competition of the world's rulers who were interested in marrying his daughter, the princess. The games would be impossibly difficult. A handsome and magical stranger appears out of seeming thin air to win the games. However, he is suddenly called away to care to matters at home. Let's get cozy. Close your eyes. Relax your body into the softness of your bed. Now, take a few deep breaths. Let us go then, replied the young stranger. Then turning to the king, he added, Deign, sire, to permit the princess 
to accept the bird which I am leaving behind me. They are both of them unique. He bowed to the king and to the spectators and went down the marble steps to where his unicorn was waiting, but not before the royal attendant had obtained the information desired by Bellus and learned that the dying Akmar was an old shepherd much respected in the neighborhood of his home. Nothing could equal the surprise of Bellus and his daughter on hearing this news. In fact, the king refused to believe it and desired the royal attendant to ride after the stranger at once and find out more about him. But the unicorns went like the wind, and no traces could be seen of them, even from the platform of the highest towers. Although the royal attendant had taken care that his words should be overheard by nobody but the king and the princess, yet somehow the news that the man who had fulfilled all the oracle's conditions was only a shepherd's son speedily leaked out. For a long while, no one talked of anything else, as is the way of courts and other places, and it was generally held that it was a bad joke of the attendants, who ought to have known better. One of the ladies-in-waiting went so far as to explain that the word shepherd might actually mean a king, because kings were set to guard their flocks, but she found no one to agree with her. As to Formosante, she never said anything at all, but sat silently, stroking her bird. King Bellus did not know what to do, and as always happened on these occasions, he summoned his council, though he never paid any attention to what they said or would have said, had they not known it to be useless. He talked to them for some time, and at length decided that he would at once go and consult the oracle as to his best course, and return to tell them the result. When he entered the council chamber after a very short absence, he looked puzzled and crestfallen. The oracle declares that my daughter will never be married till she has traveled all over the world, said he. But how can a princess of Babylon, who never has stepped beyond the bounds of the park, travel over the world? It's absurd. Indeed, if it were not sacrilege to utter such things of an oracle, I should say it was impertinent. Really, the oracle has not a spark of common sense and the council was of opinion that it certainly had not. Although there was no triumphant bridegroom to grace the feast commanded by King Belus, it was held, as arranged, in the great hall.